If you worship regularly with us here on Sunday nights, you may be already thinking, oh, that, wait, what? We, we just did one song and then she blessed us? Like, what's happening right now? Yeah, our normal thing is we sing, we pray, we have some scripture time, we have an offering, and then I preach. But tonight, because Revelation 4 and 5, the text that we'll be looking at tonight, is all about worship, we're going to have it read, and then I'm going to preach, and then we're going to move through worship as it's laid out in Revelation 4 and 5. So, I know. I know. I know. Yes. Yes. I'm pretty sure that was your idea. It was Paul's idea? It was Paul's idea? Okay. It was y'all's idea. It was a great idea. It wasn't, wasn't mine. That's all I know. So now, my friends, hear the word of the Lord from Revelation 4 and 5. After this, I looked, and there in heaven was a door stood open, and the first voice which I heard, speaking to me like a trumpet, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and there in heaven stood a throne, and there was one seated on the throne, and the one seated on the throne looked like Jasper, or Carmelin. And about the throne is a rainbow that looked like an emerald. And around the throne are 24 thrones. And seated on those thrones are 24 elders, dressed in white robes, and with crowns of gold on their head. Coming from the thrones are flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder. And in the front of the thrones burned seven flaming torches, which are the seven spirits of God. And in front of the throne, there was something like a sea of glass, like crystal. Around the throne, on either side of the throne, were four living creatures, full of eyes in front and behind. The first creature, like a lion. The second living creature, like an ox. The third living creature with a face like a human. And the fourth living creature, like a flying eagle. And four living creatures, each of them with six wings, and full of eyes all around them and inside them. Day and night, without ceasing, they sing. Holy, 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 the Lord God, the Almighty, is and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to the one who is seated on the throne, who lives forever, the 24 elders, fall before the one who is seated on the throne and worship, the one who lives forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the throne, singing, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Then I saw on the right hand of the one seated on the throne a scroll written on the inside and in the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with loud voice, Who is worthy to be on the scroll and break its seals? And 
anyone in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look into it. And I began to weep bitterly, for no one was found worthy to open the scrolls or to look into it. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw, between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, a lamb, standing as if it had been slaughtered, and having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into the world. And then he took the scroll from the right hand of the one who was seated on the throne, and when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. They sing a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slaughtered, and by your blood you ransomed for God's saints from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests serving our God. They will reign on earth. Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels surrounding the throne, and the living creatures and the elders. They numbered myriad of myriad and thousand of thousand, singing, singing in a loud voice. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and the sea and all that is in them singing to the, the one who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. Beloved friends, the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. So what is that about? We got a lamb, we got horns, we got a scroll. We got things going on. So let's learn. Turn with me to page 997 in the Black Bibles in front of you, Revelation 4 and 5. We're going to walk through these passages together and unpack them a bit. Revelation 4 and 5. You got an app? You're good? All right. Share with the chat. Share with folks who don't have a Bible around. Nice. Thanks, Paul. So John has finished writing his letters to the seven churches. We talked about that this week. And then this thing happens to him. And what we're going to see in Revelation 4 and 5 are moves of worship. Now, moves in worship are different from the acts of worship. The acts of worship are the things we do. Prayer, 
singing, listening to or preaching a sermon, listening to or reading scripture, taking an offering, confessing our sins, dancing, using drama. These are acts of worship. Now, just about any one of the acts of worship can fit into any one of the moves of worship. But any individual act needs to be placed within a movement. This will make more sense as we go on. So, the first thing we notice is that John is in the throne room and he's trying to describe the one who is seated on the throne and he's kind of grasping at things. Verse 2 of chapter 4. And once I was in the spirit and there in heaven stood a throne with one seated on the throne and the one seated there looks like Jasper and Carnelian. And we're all like, oh yeah, mm -hmm, totally. Right? <laughs> Get that. Well, Jasper is a semi-precious stone that's like a deep orange, like at the base of a fire, like that deep kind of orange. That's Jasper. Carnelian, I learned this week, can come in many different colors, but about this time, most of the time when it was mined, it looked like a light green. So he's like, what reference point would anybody have about this thing that I am seeing that I really cannot describe? It's like semi-precious, like vibrant colors, like an emerald and a rainbow, like, got together, and there's Jasper, and it's like, there, there. That's what I got. What's really important to notice, friends, is this is not an old white man with a beard. This is not an old white man with a beard. This is not a human being. This is not somebody who has to part his hair, okay? <laughs> this is something that is wholly other. That is completely different, completely out of the realm of John's experience. He's like, the best I can up with is bright colors. That's what I got. The first move in worship is to recognize who God is and that it's not like anything, he's not like anything else on earth. He's, he's trying to compare God to earthly things, and he's like, the best I got are shiny stones and colors. God, the one seated on the throne, has to be recognized as something wholly other. There is a God, and it's not you. That's the first move in worship to recognize that there is a God and it's not you and it's not your professor and it's not your mom and it's not your boss and it's not any image that's presented to you as something toward which you need to aspire. It's not like any of those things. God, the one seated on the throne, and then he says, around the throne are 24 thrones and seated on the thrones are 24 elders dressed in white robes with golden crowns on their heads. Now, a lot of ink has been spilled in scholarship about what are the 24 elders? Like, who are these people? And there are, as one scholar noted, 13 different ideas about what these 24 represent. The best two, in my opinion, the one says, we think this is the 12, represents the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles like completion of everyone who's carried on the story of God. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. That, that makes sense. And the other one says, 
There are 24 different types of priests in the Old Testament. And because the elders in this story mediate between God and John, between God and God's people, these 24 elders represent those 24 types of priests. I thought that was pretty cool. Someday we'll get up there and we'll learn. Right now we're just, you know, it's one of 13 guesses. But they're dressed in white robes. And in a lot of the pagan temples in the day, you had to be perfectly clean in order to enter them. You had to be clean before you went to worship. Hang on to that. And then these elders all have these golden crowns on their head. Now, fun fact, the word that John uses here for crown is not the crown like you get when you inherit a title. When Prince Charles someday becomes king of England, he will get a crown. He did nothing to earn the crown. He was just born. The crowns that these elders are wearing are crowns that they have earned. It's a different Greek word. It means it's an award. It's an earning. It's like a gold medal in the Olympics. They went through a lot to get these crowns. So you have the 24 elders around the throne, dressed in white, gold crowns, and then five coming from the throne are flashes of lightning and rumbling and peals of thunder. And in front of the throne burn seven flaming torches, which are the seven spirits of God. And in front of the throne, there's something like a sea of glass, like crystal. And any Jew who would have been out in these seven churches listening to this part of the story, as soon as they heard thunder, lightning, they would have been reminded of Mount Sinai, the event in which Moses received from God the law for God's people. Moses is up on the mountain the whole time. He's up there. It's like crazy. And the people say, you talk to God because we're going to stay back here because that's scary business going on up there. So, there's scary business going on in the throne. Like the same thing. It's the same God. It's the same thing happening. Around the throne, this is the end of verse 6, around the throne and on each side of the throne are four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. Now, the idea of being full of eyes means they're fully present. They observe everything. And it's mentioned twice at the beginning of their description and at the end, which means pay attention. They are paying attention. They are covered in eyes. And now listen to these four. The first living creature like a lion. A lion is the king of the wild beasts. We still think of the lion that way then. Now, the ox, the second living creature, was considered the king of all domesticated animals, the strongest of all of them. Then you have a human. We're kind of, you know, our own separate thing. And then you have a flying eagle, and an eagle was considered the best of all the birds. So the image here is of all the best creatures are around the throne. All of the things that God has created are right there around the throne, paying attention to everything, and they can hardly stand it. They're just so excited. So day and night, without ceasing, they sing, Holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And they just say that over and over because they're so excited that they're in the presence of the one who's seated on the throne. 
And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to the one who's seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall before the one who is seated on the throne and worship the one who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns, which they have earned, before the throne, singing, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things and by your will, they existed and were created. The first move in worship is to recognize that God is the Almighty, the creator of the ends of the earth, that God is something wholly other, that God is beyond description, that there is a God and it's not you. The first move in worship is to recognize who God really is. Chapter 5, then, John says, I saw in the right hand of the one seated on the throne a scroll written on the inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. Now, anyone reading this in that first century context would have known that a scroll with things that are written on the inside and the outside was one of two things. It was either the last will and testament of someone or it was the deed of ownership. And the thing that was being passed on, in either case, was written on the inside, and the person to whom it was passed on was written on the outside. And people were very accustomed to the idea of having seals. You drip hot wax on paper, and you'd have a ring with a, a jewel carved out, and you would put your seal on it to say, I was present when this person decided to pass these things on to these next people. And so seven seals meant seven different people witnessed this. Here's another fun fact. The carnelian that he was trying to use as a color, carnelian, the gem, is one of the very few gems that was used regularly as a seal because hot wax does not stick to it. Isn't that fun? I thought that was cool. I love the Bible. So this is the situation. They've got a scroll. It's supposed to be passed on. Someone else is supposed to get this. Somebody else is supposed to be in charge of this. This has to go somewhere. Tom Wright in his commentary, Revelation for Everyone, says this is like a general who's holding the plans in his hand, and he's got to pass them off. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look into it. Do you know what that means? The plans don't get carried out. If no one is found worthy to open the scroll and take responsibility for everything that is written in the scroll, everything gets stuck just as it is. The seven churches stuck just as they are. The Roman Empire stuck just as it is. The entire world stuck. Everything's just stuck and hopeless. And there's no forward movement. The story doesn't continue. And this 
is why John says, I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or look into it. Because you know who was supposed to do that? Us. We were the ones to whom God entrusted his beautiful creation, all the things that he had created. He entrusted to us way back at the beginning. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the beasts of the field and over the birds of the air and over the fish of the sea. Be fruitful, multiply, subdue, rule. God was ready to hand this off to us, say, we're in this together. We are a team. And we blew it. We blew it. We've messed up creation pretty badly. And we can recycle and we can drive electric cars as much as we want, but there's some damage that is just not going to be undone. The relationships between creatures with other creatures, we've messed up pretty severely. When we start talking in any context about there are some people we simply want to keep away, as if by keeping certain people away, we'll somehow maintain our own purity. What is that? We have messed things up. And this isn't like other people really messed this up. No, I have messed this up. And this is why John weeps. In another version, it says he wept and he wept. He weeps bitterly because he has a full understanding of sin and what it has cost him and cost his churches and cost the world. And so the second move in worship is repentance. You recognize the holy God. You recognize his creation. You recognize the beauty of it all. And then you realize how far we fall short. And you repent. And you say, I was supposed to do that. I was supposed to pick up that part of the plan. I was supposed to be one of God's covenant partners. We were supposed to do that. And we repent. That's an area of worship, by the way, that a lot of people like to skip right over. Can we just go back to the like singing part and God's awesome? Yeah. <laughs> but the repentance, the acknowledgement of sin is crucial because without it, we don't get what comes next. And this is what happens next. Verse 5. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And John's thinking, yeah, let's get that line on in here. Yes, that is awesome. Then I saw between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders a lamb. Standing, is this it, and then slaughtered? Like, that's not going to help much. Like, can you think of a more weak image? And I always find this ironic. Standing as if it had been slaughtered. I don't even, what is that? What is that? <laughs> I, I don't know what that is. So John's first thought must have been like, what? But then he looks more closely. The lamb having seven horns and seven eyes, 
which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. The horn in biblical literature is a symbol of power. And the number seven is the number of completion. So this lamb has seven horns, meaning that it has complete power. And it has seven eyes. The eyes were a sign of knowledge. It has complete knowledge. So here this lamb, standing as if it has been slaughtered, this symbol of weakness, this symbol of brokenness, this symbol of everything that you would want to reject has complete power and complete knowledge. Omnipotent, omniscient. The third move of worship is to remember the sacrifice of Jesus. And let me tell you something. This is the core. This is why we're here. If Jesus had not been willing to lay down his life for you, and you, and you, and you, we would not be here. You remember Jesus. That's what makes Christian worship different from worship in Islam or worship in Judaism or worship in Hinduism or Buddhism or any of those things because Jesus died for us. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world laid down his life for us. If you worship anywhere, and it's supposedly a Christian service, and at some time in the service, nobody mentions Jesus, like you get to the end and nobody says Jesus, you walk up to the worship leaders and you demand your money back. <laughs> because that's the whole reason why we're here. We need to remember Jesus. Because there are a lot of things in this world that are trying to get us to forget. A lot of things are trying to get you to forget and say, that really doesn't matter. They're trying to get you to say, oh, no, 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 recognize that you're the one who's in control of your life. Or they get you stuck here and say, oh, just, just stay right here and remember how awful you are. Just, just sit right here and think about your sin and your misery. Just think about how if everybody, anybody knew the truth about you, they would not hang out with you anymore. Just, just stay right here in repentance. But we believe in Jesus. And when we remember what Jesus has done, we look back on that sin and think, oh, wow, look at my Jesus. The truth of the gospel comes to us when we understand our sin. If you don't understand your sin and spend some time in worship thinking about the ways in which you've fallen short, you kind of shortchange the gift of the lamb. Don't skip over thinking about your sin. Don't dwell on it. But don't skip over it. We recognize who God is. We repent of the things we have done that separate us from him. We remember what Jesus has done. And then look what happens. Verse 7. The lamb went and took the scroll from the right hand of the one who was seated on the throne. 
When he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell before the lamb, each holding a harp, a symbol of praise, and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. They sing a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slaughtered, and by your blood you ransomed for God's saints from every tribe and language and people and nation. You've made them to be a kingdom and priests serving our God. They will reign on the earth. Yes. He's just, he hasn't even opened yet. That's coming later. That'll be interesting. But uh, he hasn't even, he just takes it. And they're like, yeah. Yes. Lamb of God. Yes. Because they know that means the story goes on. That means the plan of God is going to be fulfilled. There is nothing that can stop the mighty plan of God now because the Lamb of God has taken the scroll and so they rejoice. Worship has to contain joy at the act of God and what he has done for us in Jesus Christ. We remember Jesus and we rejoice. We rejoice in what he has done. And the image here, saints from every tribe and language and people and nation. Saints who worship in three-hour, four-hour services and speak in tongues. Saints who worship with an organ and a liturgy and very set things. Saints who worship in basements, saints who worship in the blown-out ruins in the middle of Syria, saints who worship in hospital wards today, saints from every tongue and tribe and language and nation, saints, all who have been ransomed. A price has been paid, and they are set free and they rejoice. And you can tell that this, this image here, what John sees here, really stuck with him because it's the very same language he uses in chapter 1. Flip back. Chapter 1, bottom of the second column, second part of verse 5. To him who loves us, and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us to be a kingdom. Priests serving his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. John's setting up the book and he just, this is the image that he just can't get out of his head. The rejoicing after the lamb has taken the scroll. And then, chapter 5, verse 11. Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels surrounding the throne and the living creatures and the elders. They numbered myriad of myriads and thousands of thousands, singing with full voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slaughtered to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Then I heard, this is such a great image, every creature... Dogs, cats, goldfish, <laughs> cows, whales, platy 
pusses, pussi, many platypus people. Every creature featured on planet Earth, in heaven and on Earth and under the Earth and in the sea and all that is in them singing. I want to hear that. That has got to be awesome. Because John apparently can understand them. He's got like the Dr. Doolittle moment here. It's just, it's just awesome. To the one who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever and the four living creatures who each represent all this said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped again. Wow. The Lamb is worshipped the same way as is the one who is seated on the throne. Did you notice this? They fall before the throne. They fall before the Lamb. And to people who are growing up, who are being reared, who are coming of age in a society where people do that before Caesar, for people who know what it's like to stand at a parade route when Caesar goes by and hear people yell to Caesar, you are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. To those people who are trapped in a pagan empire that values all the wrong things and worships the wrong Lord, this is a vision to remind them to worship the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And did you notice in verse 12 what the elders say? Worthy is the lamb that was slaughtered to receive power, wealth, wisdom, might, honor, glory, blessing. Because once you have walked through the story of God's relationship with his creation, once you have remembered, recognized who God is, and you've repented of sin, and we've remembered who Jesus is, and we rejoice, we respond. We do something. We say, I'm going to live in this story, and my life, because of the movements of worship, is going to look different than it did when I came in to worship. And so the things that the elders say here, he is worthy to receive, are all the things that human beings attach to too quickly. Power, wealth, wisdom, intellectual capacity, might, physical strength, honor, glory, blessing, the praise of everyone else. These are all the things that we attach to. These are all the things that say, this is more important. Give your life to us. And so in worship, we actually have acts of worship, of bowing or kneeling or even sitting to acknowledge that we are not the ones who are on the throne. And the power belongs to him. We have an act of worship in our service that says, my wealth is not my own. My wealth belongs to him. 
my wisdom, my might, any honor or glory or blessing that comes my way, I cast it like a crown before the throne. That's how I respond. Worship. We recognize the one seated on the throne. We repent for how far we have fallen from the vision that he had for us. We remember what Jesus, the Lamb of God, has done. We rejoice and celebrate and we respond, changing our lives to look more and more like the Lamb. Now, did you notice as we walk through these chapters, there wasn't an elder who said, seriously, holy, holy, again? Again with a holy, holy? There wasn't anybody who said, I am just not feeling it today. Are we going to listen to the dogs and the cats and the, like, oh, really? All again? Really? Because when you are in the presence of the one seated on the throne and on the lamb, you're not thinking about you. You're thinking about the one who's seated on the throne and the lamb. You're thinking about what has been done for you. You're thinking about how amazing it is that you get to be part of this grand narrative where God is the author and the plan keeps going and the plan is not yet fulfilled, but we can see it and we can have hope and we're moving towards something. And when you are in the presence of a God who did that for you, who cares how the worship band sounds? Who cares if the preaching isn't great? Who cares if they have to sit behind somebody who obviously did not comb the back of their head? When we enter into worship, recognizing that there is a God and it's not us, suddenly what we think or feel or are, we just, because we are in reverence before the Holy One of God and we want nothing more than to hear that old, old story one more time. Tell it to me one more time. Give me that truth one more time because the lies are so loud and I need that truth in my life and I need it every day. Tell me that story again. The story with the happiest ending ever. Tell me that story. Amen. Will you pray with me? You are the one who is seated on the throne. You are the Lamb of God. You are the Holy Spirit who empowers us. So we worship you tonight, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Receive our worship and may it join with the saints in all times and places who say, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. We worship you. Amen. <laughs>